TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Sit back, light the fire, kick your shoes off, because it's time for That Paleo Show with your favorite caveman, Brett Hill. Welcome to That Paleo Show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Dr. Brett Hill. And this week, I'm joined by a personal trainer from HKT Fitness. It's Adelaide's premier health and fat loss center, and it's all about your personal results, workouts designed to turn you into a fat-burning machine. So welcome to the show, the owner of HKT Fitness, Joe Peche. Thanks, Brett. It's great to, great to be here. Thanks for having me on. No worries, mate. How'd I go with the last name? I tried to get my Italian right. I don't know <laughs> Try if to I get the Italian here. right. <laughs> uh, let's say you've done better than probably 99% of the Oh, there you go. All right, I'll take that. I'll take that as a win. Now, Joe, you've got a great little gym here in Adelaide doing some awesome fitness stuff um, and also looking a lot into the food. And I know you're a big fan of the paleo lifestyle and the paleo diet as well. So how did this all begin for you? Where did your journey start? Um, pretty much uh, in, in my previous life, I guess, I was uh, I used to work in IT um, as a programmer and uh, realized after 10 years that really wasn't where I should be. Um, just had this, uh, I guess, a uh, feeling that I really needed to be helping people more than anything. Um, so yeah, started in, started into fitness and uh, started realizing that um, a lot of people that were in in gyms and all that sort of stuff needed help, and they weren't getting the help that they needed. Um, so it pretty much eventually uh, came from that. I just wanted to have my own place. Um, I started helping people. Um, you know, just one-on-one sort of thing, and then it just kind of grew out and got bigger and bigger from there. So it's been just a journey of wanting to help people with uh, diet and exercise. Um, and, yeah, the paleo lifestyle came across. I uh, discovered a, a man I'm sure you know by Mark Sisson, and um, <laughs> <laughs> once I discovered Mark's stuff all those years ago, it, uh, it just became, yeah, just became a lifestyle. And uh, once seeing the results from being... Um, been in a paleo lifestyle and also um, putting a lot of my clients on uh, paleo lifestyle has has just completely changed them. So it, it's pretty much stemmed from that. Yeah, beautiful. So what was what were the issues you were seeing in personal training? You know, what, what were you seeing in gyms that you felt like needed to change and that you could do better? The the biggest thing was is that I just felt that uh, people weren't getting, I guess, the right advice on. On training, um, it, it looked like every, everyone was pretty much going through the same type of routines. Being, um, I guess, at the time, it was everyone was being trained like a bodybuilder, and and um, I didn't really think that was the right way uh, for people in their thirties and forties and fifties and sixties. Um, they they need to be able to move for everyday life rather than just you know isolating their muscles. So um, they just just hearing people saying that they were training but they weren't actually feeling any better in their everyday life they they still couldn't move properly and they still couldn't lift things properly and, and things like that so and then they just didn't have the right advice on on nutrition it was uh, people weren't getting personalized advice um, from the nutrition point of view so uh, it just kept hearing that story over and over again especially people um especially older, so I guess for 40s and above, um, I just kept hearing that same message over and over again and thought, well, it's time to actually try and do something about this. 
So tell us about your approach, Joe. What, what's different about your approach to fitness? Um, my, my approach to fitness is that we focus on movements that um, I guess you're going to be doing every day. Uh, you know, you're, you know you're, you're either squatting or pushing or pulling or lifting or, um, you know, short spurts of high intensity and followed by, you know, little bits of rest. So our approach to fitness is not only just to get you into the best physical shape that people have ever been in, um, but also to make them equipped for their their day-to-day life, um, whether that be, you know, lifting kids or taking loads and loads of bags of shopping to the car or um, moving furniture around the house and, and things like that. So we want them to be able to be, I guess, fit for life is what we pretty much say is that... Uh, yeah, we want them to be fit for life, to to be able to move and be pain free throughout their whole life, and enjoy and just enjoy life. Go and do activities, and um, you know if they want to do things like obstacle racing, which we're we're pretty big on, and um, or just doing any sort of physical activities outdoors, um, or if anything want to give new things a go, that they're they're fully equipped and have the uh, the physical fitness to to do that. So what sort of movements then do people need to be able to do to be, as you said, fit for life? You know, what are the sort of things you'll find them doing at your gym? Um, we, we focus a lot on, um, on kettlebell training. Kettlebells are uh, probably one of the, the best tools I've come across to, to build um, overall strength and, and fitness and cardiovascular fitness as well. Um, so we use a lot of uh, kettlebell training, which recruits pretty much every muscle in the body with every uh, movement we're doing. So there's no isolation exercises. It's just using your whole body. You, you, you're squatting. You, like I said before, you know, you're usually always squatting or lifting things or, um, you know, trying to push things above your head or um, pull things. So we'll use a lot of odd objects as well. we we'll use a lot of sledgehammers and tyres and ropes and your own body weight and, you know, moving and pulling your own body weight around. So it's not the traditional being on a machine or, um, you know, isolating exercises. It's uh, every movement we're doing, you're, you're pretty much using every muscle from head to toe. Um, so they're kind of being able to just be able to move for life, really. It's uh, not, um, yeah, they're just being able to do the things that they should be able to do in everyday life. And. So what what's the difference in terms of the sort of impact that has on the body, Joe? You know, if you are if you are using the whole body, if you're using those core postural muscles, what's the, what sort of difference is that going to have, and, and which different parts of your body, I guess, can that affect? Um, well, yeah, the, the big thing we um, we we focus on is, is I guess the 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 core of the body, which is not a lot of people think. You know, when you talk about core, that they're um, it's just the front and they just think of their abs and things like that, but it's actually the lower back as well. And it, the lower back has been a, a part of the body which I found over the years has been neglected um, for people to train. Um, and I'd say 99% of people that walk in to, to our facility will complain that they have lower back pain. Um, and, that, and that's the biggest thing that really stops them from being able to do things in their everyday life. They've always got this back pain and, um, they seem to always be be in pain. It's just something that they just think they should start living with as they get older, and that's definitely not the case. So we really focus on building that core up um, and giving that stability through through the core and their lower back. And once that is um, 
built with some strength and some stability, um, they find that they're actually able to just move a lot better. They, they become pain-free and they're, they're a lot more agile and um, people just say, you know, that they just feel like a completely different person. So, um, you know, we have people who will be mothers who, who were struggling to lift their kids and they can, they can now do that with their, their strong core and um, people who travel a lot um, for business and they were saying, you know, they they just get really, really bad backs from um, being in planes or travelling and all of a sudden, you know, after a few months of training, um, they're, they're pain-free. So it, it really is focusing on building that lower back um, and just just being able to, to be strong through that, that midsection of the body. And once we can get that right, um, the rest just uh, kind of falls into place. And so what about in terms of the rest of the body, like in terms of the metabolism, in terms of mental health, in terms of, you know, all the other aspects of health and well-being, what sort of changes do you see there? And that's a big part of, of what we do. It's not just the, I guess, you know, physical trying to be fit and, and strong is that we look at everyone as, as a lifestyle. We don't just say, okay, you know, yeah, you got to just work out and try and eat right. But we do look at every every other aspect of the body uh, of people's lives and and stress is is a big one and that and that's the thing we've found the most with with a lot of people is is that when they've got into this lifestyle of of training and um, training the way we do and implementing a paleo lifestyle and um, they're, they're able to cope better with stress they're feeling people are feeling like they're um, that they're Levels of being able to cope with things are a lot better. Um, they find that they sleep better, that their their moods are better. Um, obviously, their cardiovascular system is a lot fitter, so they just feel better in themselves. Um, and they, yeah, they're just feeling um, like they've become pretty much a, a new person uh, once we start addressing every aspect of of their life. Um, you know, we'll, we'll talk. We sit with all our clients and we talk about. Um, their sleep and their, their uh, eating patterns and stress patterns and um, everything that pretty much goes on in their day-to-day life and try and work out a balance that uh, that they can change to uh, to get the, the best out of their, their lifestyle. So you mentioned the, the paleo diet, Joe. Um, how does that fit in for you? Obviously, you discovered that coming across Mark Sisson. Um, how did you go about changing and transitioning into that lifestyle? Um, and how do you do that with your clients as well? It, it was a. Uh, it's been so long now. I've kind of feels like I've been on it for my whole life. But um, slowly, I slowly transitioned to it. Um, uh, just taking the you know the biggest thing that I did when I first started was taking out processed foods, um, and that's the biggest thing we we start telling our clients is that. The best thing to do is first start getting rid of processed foods, and I think once they realise they um, get rid of processed foods and how they feel afterwards, um, they they just feel a lot better in themselves. They notice a, a whole bunch of, I guess, ailments that may start getting better. Things people notice that you know their their skin's better, their hair's better, um, they're feeling a lot better, and then they usually uh, once they get that feeling of feeling better just from taking processed foods out, then we can start implementing um, other aspects of the paleo style, uh, lifestyle. And it's, it, it's a, it's, it is a constant education. And, and as you know, with some um, 
for the paleo lifestyle, we have a bit of a high-fat diet, and uh, I think uh, especially women have a bit of a struggle to to comprehend that they, they need good fats in their diet. Um, but once they realise that after taking fats and and so forth, that they're, they're feeling a lot better. They're they're finding themselves being more clearer. They're they're able to focus better. They're not feeling. They're saying they're not feeling foggy during the day. Um, you know, they're not getting their insulin crashes. You know, during halfway through the day, and feel like they need to go and, and grab a chocolate bar or, or something like that. So um, we slowly implement it with people, and and once they start seeing the the, the slow change, uh, the little changes, they. They, they're pretty much on board very, very quickly and they become big advocates of the lifestyle very, very quickly after that. So what do you find are people's biggest challenges with that, Joe? Obviously, you mentioned the fat phobia and that's obviously a big one for lots of people. But in terms of transitioning to a more paleo way of living and a paleo way of eating, what do you find the biggest resistance for the people you work with? Uh, the biggest resistance I've found is the... I think it's the just trying to get rid of uh, foods that they they thought were were healthy for them you know they've I think a lot of people grew up with this whole um, notion that um, you know grains and wheat and uh, and dairy and, and that sort of stuff it was really really good for them and um, that's that's the biggest resistance where people uh, have probably come from they've just had this uh, idea that they have to be having those foods and that they've been, I guess, force-fed this information for, you know, the, the past 30, 40 years of their life and then having someone tell them that, hey, these foods probably aren't the best thing for you is is a big big shock to them. So that's been the biggest resistance, trying to get rid of those, those food groups. Um, but we do help them along the way and we, we do it step by step and we, we hold their hand and let them know everything's going to be okay. And like I said, once they see little bits of improvement, they, they very quickly uh, are eager to keep on keep on going and, and, and try try more and more of it. And very quickly they, they realise that these foods that they thought were once healthy are all of a sudden uh, not the best thing for them. So, Joe, let's talk about uh, like pre- and post-workout because that seems to be a really hot topic and there seems to be lots of people with different ideas about what you should eat before exercising, what you should eat after exercising, you know, which foods, when, all that sort of stuff. For, to start with, what do you do, Joe? What, what's, what do you do before uh, exercising in the morning? Uh, personally, um, if, if we're going to look at my lifestyle, I don't, uh, I don't actually train in the mornings. Um, my mornings are, are pretty busy with taking classes and training other people and, and so forth. Um, so just the way my lifestyle and the business is, is based around that, I, I don't really get to train till, till mid afternoon. So, um, I implement, uh, intermittent fasting into, into my diet, uh, a lifestyle, sorry. So I don't actually, I won't actually eat anything before I train. Um, but pretty much as soon as I finish training, the, um, I'm just focusing on getting good, good amounts of proteins and, and good fats good fats in post-workout um, and then just making sure that I'm having good protein and fats during the day and then towards the end of the uh, towards the end of the night is uh, I'll be getting um, was where I'll probably get my carbs and I, I know it goes against everything that people have I guess been taught mm. um, but and, and that's 
you know, you say you say to people to have their carbs at night, and all of a sudden they look at you like you're a bit of a crazy man, and go, "Well, I thought that was the worst thing to do." But um, yeah, once we implement implement uh, intermittent fasting with that, um, a lot of people are finding that they're they're performing really really well with not actually having anything before pre workout. Um, mm. If anything, then they 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 may have you know a piece of fruit or um, some people find that you know just having a little short black or something like that is is good for them. And but majority of people find that they're they're um, good with with not having anything pre workout, um, and they they feel really really good as long as they're getting their protein and fats post workout um, and taking care of their diet throughout the rest of the day. They're they're pretty much good to go um, first thing in the morning without actually having any sort of pre workout. So, yeah, so post-workout, you say getting your proteins and fats in. I mean, how soon after the workout does that have to happen? Because, I mean, for instance, myself this morning, it's, you know, we don't record these live, so it's now about 10.30 in the morning. I yep. got up this morning, I did my workout, it's between 6 and 7 o'clock, um, and I didn't eat before I went there because I'm not that hungry at that time in the morning. Um, and to be honest, I don't really feel much like eating after my workout either. I was, <laughs> I was feeling it a bit after my workout today. I definitely wasn't feeling like eating. So... It's now 10.30. I haven't eaten anything yet today. Um, and that's not uncommon for me. And, and I don't necessarily, for me, I don't necessarily find that a problem because I tend to, you know, I eat lots of good fats and proteins and, um, and I tend to do okay. Um, am I doing the wrong thing? Should I be getting some fats and proteins in sooner or is that all right? Um, it, it, it is, if you feel like it, it is um, something that works well for you. Like, you know, no two human bodies are, are exactly the same. So we, we do have to go with how things work for each individual um, and not necessarily you have to be eating straight away after after workouts I usually recommend that people will get some sort of at least proteins in after after workout just to repair you know those uh, muscle fibers that get damaged damaged during a workout um, but it, it's not absolutely essentially critical um, I think for People who are new are new to working out, then it kind of a little bit more critical there that the the body um, will be going through a lot of shock and it will be trying to repair itself. So it, it is essential for that to for them to get their fats and protein into to repair the the muscle fibers and and restore their energy sources. But um, it's it's not necessarily a bad thing not to eat post workout. Um, I think uh, as long as you're eating well throughout the day um you you'll be pretty much that's right um and if your body has become accustomed to that um you should be should be okay um i, I still take my uh i tell people you know look um we still base oh well, i still base everything off a, a kind of a paleolithic lifestyle and if you look back into those days you know they they were pretty much working out essentially all day whether they were, they were hunting or gathering or whatever it's a pretty much a an all-day workout in in essence but they didn't really eat until towards the end of the day where they would all get together for you know the 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 main meal at, at the at the end of the day at night and um as we know they were, they were pretty healthy um people so it it really is up to uh each individual and how their bodies are coping um so I won't have a heap of protein and fat straight after a, a workout. I do feel a little bit better after if, if I if I do have some sort of food afterwards. But um, 
it's not a huge amount and and my my main meal is the biggest meal and that's the one at, at the end of the night so um yeah if if you feel well on not having something post workout and your and your diet is you know dialed in so to speak then yeah by all means keep keep going with it and what about hydration and electrolytes, Joe? Because that's something that's sort of been a bit of a hot topic at the moment, particularly in the paleo community. You know, you've seen uh, some of the experts now saying maybe hydration was overrated. You know, maybe the electrolytes aren't as important as we thought they were. You know, there's all sorts of stuff there saying, you know, if your diet's right, then maybe those two aren't as big a deal as we thought they were. What's your take on that, Joe? Uh, my take is... Oh, well, firstly, hydration I, I put as uh, it is vital. Um, you know, the body is <laughs> is consisting mainly of water, so it's obviously going to be important to make sure that we're hydrated throughout the day. Um, as in terms of electrolytes, yeah, I'm kind of kind of seeing the same sort of thing as what people are saying that electrolytes aren't as important as as what we probably thought they were um and i'm finding taking on this paleo lifestyle especially with something that uh you will um you know getting your fats and and proteins in and getting good good nutrients through vegetables and and those sort of things that yeah the electrolytes don't become such an issue um the the only time i found where it becomes an issue is if you're doing something, I guess, endurance-based. Um, as I mentioned before, a lot of us do uh, in the gym. We'll, we'll go and do, uh, you know, uh, different obstacle courses around Australia, and um, they can range anywhere between, you know, like a seven k one to up to a forty-two k one. So, um, in those instances, electrolytes become a little bit uh, important. But uh, we found that, well, I found, and a few of my clients have found that. The best thing actually to drink in those sort of things is just uh, make sure you have a backpack kind of full of coconut water and just be sipping on that throughout the event. And and the body is actually mm. really good just getting the electrolytes from, from coconut water. Yeah, I found coconut water to be great. Um, I, I wrote an e-book actually all about the uh, the electrolyte drink that I use for my ultra marathon, and that was predominantly coconut water, but I put in some salt and some blueberries and some bananas in there, and that worked great. That got me right through the the Yarra Villa Ultramarathon up and down through the Adelaide Hills. So Yeah, totally. That was pretty good. I was pretty happy with that. So, Joe, let's come back to some exercise stuff. You know, if people are at home thinking, what can I do at home to start incorporating some of these exercise principles in, um, what sort of stuff would you recommend? Well, I think I think the biggest thing is for people is that they have this um, concept that they need to be in a gym and need to have a load of equipment and... Um, to, to be able to exercise and if they don't have that then they go well I can't really do anything but um, the, the best thing is just to use your own body so um, we'll uh, you know always work, basically put workouts together for a bunch of our clients who can't get to the gym or they're traveling and it just revolves around doing a lot of body weight exercises so you know they're doing squats and push-ups and if they can find something to try and pull their body weight up uh, that that's good as well, and um, you know, doing a lot of core exercises. So that they're the best sort of things for um, if people are at home and can't get to a gym or don't have access to a to a load of equipment. And then you combine that with some sort of um, you know, the, I guess the biggest craze at the moment, or the is the, is the whole hit training where you know you've uh, high intensity for a short period of time um, and doing some sort of 
interval training where you just uh, maybe do some flat-out sprints for, uh, you know, 15, 20 minutes, absolute max. And um, and when I'm talking about sprints, it's, it's like a – it's not a flat-out sprint for a, that long. It's you're sprinting for a short period of time, whether it be – uh, 20, 30 seconds or take a rest for 15, 10, something like that and um, or do it by distance and take a 90-second break after like a 400-metre sprint or something like that and, and just mixing it up. And I think the the um, the biggest thing that people don't realise is that incidental exercise throughout the day is actually very, very good for you and they probably feel like that their incidental exercise as in just you know, getting around and walk or taking the dog for a walk or, or things like that is, is actually really, really good for the body. Um, uh, they don't see that as part of their, their exercise. So, um, you know, take the dog out, walk, going for a run with the dog and playing with the dogs or kids or, you know, chasing around. It, it really is getting a bit of a workout in. So it, I think um, people just got to realise that, incidental exercise is probably the best thing is just to be able to get out and move um and people tend to not move as much as what we should be in in this day and age so getting out moving um incorporating some high intensity short interval work and and doing some strength-based stuff that can be just around using your own body um like i said you know doing uh, you know squats and core exercises and push-ups and um, you know, probably incorporating some other things in, you know, doing mountain climbers and um, and things like that. The people uh, would get a very decent workout just doing that. And I think the the one exercise everybody tends to hate in in my gym is the the good old burpee. But um, <laughs> the uh, I think everyone cringes every time they see that on the board. But it is pretty much the best overall exercise of um, that I know of. And uh, you know, it's not unknown for me to be uh, just uh, be doing some burpees in in the middle of my day. I'll just, you know, be uh, if I'm at my desk working and you know it's coming up to you know an hour or so and I haven't moved, I'll probably get out of my chair, do twenty or thirty burpees, and and back into it. And being like that is actually the best way of getting your workout in during during the day, especially if you're pressed for time. So don't just, uh, just don't avoid the burpees. burpees. You know, yeah, just, just twenty or thirty. Just... You know. <laughs> Not too many. Uh, I, I had to do five minutes worth of burpees this morning. And, and so I'm, I'm, having, I'm having a physical then. reaction to you suggesting to do 20 or 30 burpees. <laughs> that doesn't sound like any fun at all. No, I, I guess it's not fun, so to speak. But uh, you'd be surprised you do that for a you know day in, day out. And uh, you'd be soon become pretty efficient at doing the burpee. And uh, <laughs> you won't learn to hate them as much as what, I guess majority of the population does, yeah. but it is the best overall exercise, and I think, um, and I think that's why people hate it. It is because it yeah. does pretty much hit every part of our body, both from a cardio point of view and, and strength point of view as well. Yeah, I think burpees and Turkish get-ups are the two that just get your whole body, don't they? Uh, Turkish get-ups are great. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know what? I don't actually get any resistance to Turkish get-ups, so no? I think a lot of people in in uh, in the gym here. Are, uh, yeah, they see Turkish get ups on the board, and they they kind of love it. They reckon so, that's all right. Uh, there you go. You're yeah. just not giving off weight, Joe. You're just <laughs> working a bit harder. 
<laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, maybe I've gone a bit soft. Um, yeah, we'll have to look at that one next time. <laughs> All right. in the gym tomorrow morning. Well, thank you so much for all your tips today, Joe. That's been fantastic. Um, obviously, people are going to want to find out more about you, and so they can go to your website, which is hktfitness.com. Do you want to tell everyone what HKT stands for, Joe? Uh, HKT stands for Hard Knocks Training. Um, so I guess that that name came about from just uh, that's pretty much what I used to think of when I've developed, I guess, this system. It was pretty much old school type, you know, old Hard Knocks type of type of training. So yeah, hktfitness.com.au um, would be the best place to, to go to to find yeah. out more information. And they can find out all about your schedule and your fees and when you do classes and all that sort of stuff on there? Yeah, and um, yeah, they can definitely find all that sort of stuff out there. And yeah, we'll probably be running a, uh, a, a, a six-week paleo challenge um, after this podcast. So nice. um, if people want to you know, sign up for that. That that would be great as well. So they can really experience the whole paleo and, I guess, functional training together and see how right. it does affect their lives. And and that'll be on the website, will it, Joe? That will be on the website. So um, yeah, just uh, if they want to find out information, like like you said, you know, the schedules and what our classes are like, and you know, there's a, some short videos of what the classes look like and things like that. So yeah, they definitely can find out more from there. Beautiful. So. Uh, you can also find Joe on Facebook at HKT Fitness as well. So, so check him out there. Thanks for coming on today, Joe. My absolute pleasure, Brett. Thank you for having me on. Too easy. So until next week, join the conversation on Facebook. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Join our newsletter list at thatpaleoshow.com and let's help grow the paleo tribe worldwide. Join us next week on That Paleo Show. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.